You're listening to the Grieving Mamas Club podcast, a space for moms who are on the wild ride of motherhood while navigating their grief journey. We're Karen Rashida. Between the two of us, we're motherless moms of four toddlers and an angel baby. Together, we're going to feel our feels, but also remind you that there's joy on the journey too. Let's dig in. Hello, listeners, and welcome to season two, episode six. We're doing it. We're moving along. Um, and this week, I'm really, really pumped. Um, I have a whole lot of feels about about the guest um, this week. Um, this this person has known me for a very long time. Uh, we were college roommates. Uh, we slept like our heads right next to each other. Um, and so I am overwhelmingly excited to have her on this podcast and be a part of this thing that Kara and I are creating, though it does break my heart um, to have watched her. I'm already probably going to start crying. Um, to have watched her have to go through this grief journey. Um, but I am I am so, so excited um, to get to walk, like, walk beside her in this life. Um, so excited to welcome one of my very best friends, Dr. Megan Sauer-Rosenau. Um, and she is going to talk to us about losing a spouse um Megan lost her husband Nick um shoot she was 29 and he was 30 they had just had a baby um there was there was a lot going on um so welcome to the show Meg I'm gonna do my best not to cry <laughs> as you I can already feel my eyes getting getting crazy there's like no way I won't cry yes um so welcome welcome to the show yeah, happy to have you. you. I am happy to be here. I've been like, you know, dying to come on ever since Rashida and you, Kara, started this thing. And like I said before, you guys were recording. Um, I'm just like so proud of her and you and what you guys are doing. Thank you. Thank you. And so if we weren't meeting on these terms, but I know, yeah. I know. I feel like we we get to talk to like last week our episode with Caitlin afterwards. Uh, here was like I want to be best friends with her. I feel, I feel like we get to have these cool conversations, but they're like rooted in grief, which makes them sad. But then because they're rooted in grief, you almost like you like hit the friendship button real fast. Yeah, like, yeah, I get it. We get it. We like get an it. accelerated friendship. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is like an accelerated friendship when you come on this podcast. So we are so excited to have you, Meg. Yeah. Meg, I'm going to let you get into it, but I will set you up. Um, in in 2019, on October 8th, I remember this because it was the day after my birthday. Um, and I actually thought you were originally calling, like, to say happy birthday again. Like, I, your mom called me. Like, I was like, what is happening? Um, and it was your 30th, too. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it was. Um, and yeah. so... Well, Kara, Kara had different memories of my 30th. Yeah, that's all. That's all. That month, that 2019 month was rough. Um, yeah. But yeah, you you lost Nick, your husband, um, who you had been with since college. So where do you want to start? How do you want to dive in? Um, I, I mean, I guess I can just tell the story like from my standpoint. So I... Yeah, so Nick and I met in 2010, actually. So we had almost been together for 10 years and, like, grew up together, you know, basically through college. Yeah, I did. Um, we got married in 2016, so we had been married for um, three years. 
little over three years. And then we actually had um, our son, Jack, in 2019, January 2019. So he was nine months old at the time of this. And, you know, on top of everything, I was a third year OBGYN resident. So, you know, in the trenches of residency. I was actually on nights when it happened. So um, I came home and he had passed away in his sleep. Um, and so, yeah, I just got off a night shift. Um, and my sister-in-law actually was the one who nannied for us. So she, luckily and unluckily, she was at the house. So someone was like there with me, but then of course she went through the trauma as well, which was very difficult. And, um, yeah, so you know, long story short, like we don't know for sure what happened, but think that it was like just a cardiac in nature. I don't know if you like want to put this stuff like in your podcast, but just for like your knowledge. Yeah. Uh, they think that he just had like a, we want to know. And a like a weird arrhythmia, something happened because his autopsy was, you know, normal and um he didn't have any health problems or family history of anything weird so I I actually I ended up being awake because I had just got off a night shift so I'd been you know asleep all night and then I stayed or I had been awake all night and then I stayed awake all day and then I ended up being awake for like you know like 36 hours or something crazy um and so I took I took a month off of residency and my program was absolutely incredible like they immediately everyone like I called my program director that morning and told him what was happening he's like is there someone with you like I will drive he was like gonna drive to be at my house with me and I um he they like immediately found someone to like my my fellow classmates like split up the rest of the month because we're at the beginning of the month so I'd barely done like any of my nights for that month um and they're like take as much time as you need um, I ended up only taking four weeks because there are rules for how much time off you can take in residency. Um, so that's why I only took a month off, but they were very gracious and they were like, when you come back, you know, you can leave early, you can come late, you can do whatever you need. Um, so I ended up going back like on November 1st. So it, it ended up being like four weeks that I took off and I went back on November 1st. Oh my gosh. But actually, that was one of the best things that I could have done is like going back to work actually like really, really helped because it kept me busy. I was back to doing what I love. I was with my friends. You know, it actually was like really healing for me, kind of. Meg, take us through, I guess, some of your initial like feeling like you you found Nick like you what what take us through that like that is I don't know I don't know how you came back from that <laughs> like no. yeah so that is there's a couple unique things about like my situation everyone has unique things with their loss but one unique thing that I had was, you know, that I found him. So that in itself was very traumatizing and was actually yeah. very traumatizing for my sister-in-law too. 
And she actually did not come back to my house for, oh my gosh, I don't even know, months. She continued to watch Jack whenever I went back to work, but she would watch him at her house. And so she lived in Illinois. I was in St. Louis because I did my residency at SLU. And so she would meet me at the hospital for the next year and a half, almost two years. She met me at the hospital every morning and I would, you know, put, I'd put, throw Jack in the car in his pajamas, put him in her car. And then she, like, I mean, I had to be there, at, you know, to ask crack it on because I'm a resident and she would, she would meet me every day. But um, she did eventually come back house but that was it was so it was very like traumatizing for her to be there so um obviously I'm in the medical field so like when when I found him like I knew right off the bat like immediately that he was gone but it hadn't really like so I didn't even like start doing like CPR or anything because I just knew it, you know, based on what I would see. You could just tell. And so, uh, yes. Um, And so I, you know, I yelled for Olivia, like, to come into the room. And so she came in and I'm like, call 911. And she called and then, then I was like, well, you know, they're going to want me to do it so I so then I did CPR until they came but and then they you know they were in there for a long time but I I knew Olivia didn't but I you know I knew so I you know I I did like kind of say I don't know what specific words I said but I was like you know he's he's gone but she's like they're gonna you know they're doing their best they're I don't know exactly what she said, but like, I think that she still had hope. Sure. Um, sure. And so then, of course, it's sure. all, all of the, so they did come out before, before anyone else got there, mm-hmm. they did come out and like, that he, that they never, you know, got any sort of rhythm or anything on him. Um, but in the meantime, like I had started making the phone calls and then of course jack had been sleeping and so jack woke up so then olivia had to get jack um to kind of tend to him and so you know i made i like called his dad um nick's dad and told him that we found him unresponsive i didn't tell anyone you know my suspicions um i just told them that they needed to come right away I called and my mom. Being, you were being a doctor, like yeah. We're, yeah. we're like, I I applaud. Like, and these are these are details I didn't know. Um, like I came into the story a couple hours later. Um, I I don't know how you held it together. Like I don't like those. Not I would not shock. Like the initial shock. Like you just go into like some sort of like survival mode drive and it's just like what do like this checklist of what do I need to do I need to make sure my job is covered I need to make sure the people that need to know or need to be here get here you know you I it's just the emotions don't hit yet the emotions come later and there were I mean not that there weren't emotions like I I would make sense it when they came I lost it whenever they came out and, you know, said it. And I had 
you know, done a lot of yelling and crying when I initially found him. But then, you know, there's a mixture of like shock and not really like everything. Well, and especially with your background, um, you probably have a lot more experience with, you obviously have a lot more experience with death and how to broach that subject with, with, but with people in general. So you just can, I think maybe, maybe like, yes, I totally agree. It's like a, it's a, um, you go into survival mode and then also you are able to tap into like from your professional side, like, okay, you know, you can kind of like, it's, I think it's almost like you like disassociate a little bit, you know, like you just like go to into... like get the things done. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. at what point, so Jack wakes up, um, like I, I don't even at what I could guess that at what point did it all hit you? Like at what point were you like, holy, this is this is my life now? I feel like it wasn't until at least later that night, but like definitely the next day. Um, so I had said like I. I called Nick's dad, told him. I called my mom and I told her that, telling both of them that like he was unresponsive, they should come to the house. I actually told my mom, I was like, mom, you need to go pick John up and bring him to my house because I didn't want him driving. Mm -hmm. Complicate things. Nick's brother lived in Kansas City at the time. Oh, yeah. His mom was flying back from a trip that morning back from oh, girl like a a like they do like a girl's trip she was like with her um sisters or at least one of her sisters um in south carolina i think and so she actually hadn't even gotten on the plane yet but we didn't want to tell her before she got on the plane it's mm. like imagine how like god awful that would be so they so Olivia and John went to pick her. Or I think Olivia went. I, I'm pretty sure she went. They picked her up from the airport. And like they, like that's the you know they told her when they picked her up from the airport. So she gets back from this trip and like finds out. That is my God. And at that point, like I mean, everyone knew that he was gone. So like she wasn't hearing that he was found unresponsive. She was hearing that her son was gone. And so then everyone like starts coming. Like Matt, my sister came. Like my mom and dad both came. They came with Nick's dad, Nick's brother, and his um, girlfriend at the time. They're married now. Like got on the road. Um, like every you know the immediate family all came. Mm -hmm. And so then the at some point like I put my mom in charge. Of telling my friends because I didn't want to be the one I just couldn't do it at that time so um I think my mom like texted you Rashida and then Rashida kind of took over as like the communicator to everyone else and so your sister uh, so I was at I was getting my hair done as as I do um and I your mom sent a Facebook group message to all of your our college friends. So there's a group of five of us um, that were roommates in college and that were really 
there at the beginning of you and Nick's relationship, right? Like we watched you guys um, become this couple. And I, I, Nick, I feel like Nick holds a funny, like special place in my heart because I will all be the first to tell you Nick was an asshole in college. He was. He was an asshole, but he was our asshole, you know? Yes. Yes. And I, I think where things changed for me um, is that Nick knew that getting into med school and being a doctor was your dream. And so he did whatever it took to support you in that dream. So, so he worked a job he didn't really love. Like he didn't really love yeah. where you were <laughs> Like he, and he, he like Meg gets into med school in Kansas city and he's like, all right, I guess I'm moving to Kansas city. Like I feel like those that that's when I was like, Nick is here for Megan. Like he is here for her dreams. And like Megan wanted to be a doctor from the moment I knew her. Um, and so yeah, but going back to, so we get your mom sends the um, Facebook thing. And I think Madison ended up texting me or she sent a text to a couple of us. I can't remember the exact, like who was all on the text. Yeah. And the text is like, I don't know how to tell you guys this, um, but that we, Meg found Nick, um, EMTs have left and he's, he's gone. And I just remember being like, there's, there's no way. Like, yeah, like this, exactly. doesn't happen. this doesn't happen to us. Not to us. Too young. Yes. No, yeah. I was like, just like, yeah. no, like, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I call her. I like walk outside um, of the hair place. I call her. She tells me that it's true. I immediately break down. Um, I call my husband. Ben's like, are you? No, no, no. Like, no, no, no. Um, And I actually remember I called, like, I didn't know what to do and so like I called my best friend from high school Olivia um and I remember her like I was losing my shit like absolutely losing my shit and I remember her calmly and nicely she was like you got to get it together before you go to see Megan though like you can't you can't show up in this yeah 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 like, you got seen me she's going to need you yeah like she's gonna need you to be like you got this like you need to be stronger for her um and so yeah i went i went back in my hairdresser finished my hair <laughs> was halfway done yeah um, yeah she was like leave. yeah she didn't even stop, like she like because it was a sew-in right so it's like she had to put the rest of the sew-in in and she was like you can come back and style it another day go 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 be your friend she's like the hair is in there like hair is not coming out yeah. you have hair now yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's fine She's like, you know, like she was like crying as she was like getting it in because she's like younger. She's a young woman too, right? And so like, I so I yeah like I feel like I can't, and I've obviously been through grief. Like we've talked about this at nauseum, Meg. But like, I feel like at the age that we are, losing your spouse is almost worse than losing a parent. Like I yeah. just like. There, I remember saying to Ben, like, it's one thing you expect to lose a parent, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's not a, like, you know you're going to lose a parent mm -hmm. at some point. And not to say that that makes it any better. Karen and I are still left up. Yeah. But, but it's like a natural life progression. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I just, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you can finish your thought. I was like, and I just, I, 
you, your spouse is the person, like, when you got married, you pictured you and that person old and grandchildren and all of those things, and you got robbed of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, a couple things that, like, that made me think of. So, um, like, some other, like, unique things about losing a spouse are, one, like, I, I kept being, like, and and now I obviously have worked through these emotions because it was like that hardcore grief in the beginning. But I was just like, no one else's grief could possibly be as bad as mine in this moment because they all have their person to lean on and get through this with. And I just lost my person. So I have no one like to lean on and get through this with and I was just you know it's it's easy to like compare your grief to other people but now I see you know that's not the case at all like I can't imagine losing either one of my children like I can't imagine like what his parents are still going through but in that moment you just feel like your grief is like your loss is the biggest loss out of like anyone and then also the the other thing that is kind of unique is that like whereas losing a parent there's are unfortunately a lot of other people who have lost parents so you have other people to kind of like totally are like totally talk to and like Mm -hmm. see how they got through it but losing a spouse at this young of an age is not you know, thankfully not a common thing. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of people that you can lean on. Now, unfortunately for me, fortunately and unfortunately, which is like this whole business is, my one of my good friends from residency, who she had already graduated, I think. Yes, yeah, she had already graduated. Um, But she had a very similar story to mine. She lost her husband when she was a first-year resident. And her daughter was, their daughter was, I think, like a year and a half old. Oh, wow. Something, a year and a half, like two years old, something along those lines. And it was a very weirdly similar story. Like she was working a night shift. She, you know, came home, found her husband. So I had wild. I had her to lean on, which was great. But then she also had a newborn baby. And so I felt bad bothering her. So I called her, you know, a couple times whenever I was like really overwhelmed and um, just like needing to be reassured that this will get better, will get easier. Um, But I didn't want to, you know, bother her too much with calls which she wouldn't think of it that way but that is another like unique thing about the whole situation is there's not as many people who have been through this mm-hmm. um at our age so that was that was kind of hard oh my gosh i can can totally understand why that would be so hard as you said it, it's not common so it's and it's like at the end of the day everybody else has someone to go home to yeah and you lost that person you did it you went home and you still had to um you had to be a parent you had to do it all on your own yeah truly all on your own and 
I mean, you have the support in, of your friends and your family, of course, who are there to help your sister-in-law, Olivia, to help you with Jack, but still. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like calling somebody on your way home from work. I'm sure when you got off your shift, you were like, no, maybe Nick was probably the first one that you called. And so like yeah, losing that right off of that. And so I, I'm lucky that like both of our families are, are around this area. So they, they're in Illinois and I was in St. Louis, but still like not that, you know, an hour drive for my parents, like very doable. So for the next two months, I, well, I guess it ended up being like three months. I had, I called them my personal babysitters. I had someone stay with me every night. So we basically like had a schedule like um you know nick's mom would usually come on sunday nights and stay with me and then um it was like one night would be my mom one night would be my dad one night it ended up being like four week nights and then i would um the weekends i would go and stay either at my in-laws house for the weekend or my parents house for the weekend so um and I had you know a couple different friends do it um like one of my friends from residency she had her daughter was just a couple months younger than Jack so she and her husband is also resident so on like nights that he was on call she legit would bring her I guess like she was like six months old at the time, her six month old in her dog. She'd bring her over and like we'd, you know, we both had, she had to be up early for to like go on with residency the next day. The whole crew would like stay at her house, oh. at my house. And so, um, you know, I told myself that I kind of set like a New Year's goal. Um, so like after, you know, first of the year, I was going to start staying by myself. And so that's when I did start staying by myself um and then actually so that was that was january of 2020 then you know of course covid hits which yeah was awful for everyone yeah. um, especially people going through you know feeling alone already yeah. um but then one of my good friends from med school uh she matched she finished her pediatric fellowship and then or her pediatric residency and then matched into fellowship at children's and she so i you know she told me when she matched like this was like in march i think that she found out she matched um and so i reached out to her and i was like listen you you don't have to say yes to this by any means but i have another room you know i have a guest room in my house you can live with i probably will only be in my house for one more year because when i'm done with residency i'll probably move to illinois because that's where i'm hoping to get a job but like i'm not going to charge you rent you just have to deal with a, t- a, <laughs> you know, the toddler. a toddler and two dogs and she's like well i would be bringing my dog and i was like all right toddler and three dogs you know it's a party yeah. um and so she lived with me for uh my chief year of my last residency so she lived with me for a whole year and that was wonderful um it was just it was so nice having someone there and she was just like beyond i mean jamie is just like the nicest person you'll ever meet we love jamie 
Yes, she's that. She's like a think of like Patch Adams, like a bubbly pediatrician who just like loves children and is just like as sweet as can be. Also, uh, she's studying in pediatric infectious diseases. Yeah, oh not at all. And so she, you know, living with her during that year was very healing for me I think more than she mm-hmm. will ever realize I think it saved you yes I think 100%. from from my yeah. standpoint I think it there were because from one standpoint I was like why can't I be that to Meg like right like why can't I move in with her and blah 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 but you know I had yeah. like a husband and fucking kid that yeah. I was pregnant um and so like, yeah. I, I I'm just like why can't I and so I, I I feel like she saved you. Like she gave you a bit of normalcy. Like you guys like kind of fell into from the outside looking in, fell into um a rhythm that was yours. Like between yeah. between like these two two it could have been a sitcom, quite honestly. Uh- <laughs> yes, it could have. I mean it tr- we called it our zoo. We actually were like for Halloween. We were both zookeepers me and jen and then jack and the three dogs were all animals because <laughs> we called it a zoo but it really you know it was like our beautiful chaos that we had and she you know was great in that her schedule was a little more flexible for me most of the time except when she was on service so like she would make dinner and she was you know not to diss the husbands out there but she was a female so like we both did dishes. We both, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, have some get those, uh, yeah. But it was, it was great. It was like totally what I needed that year. But to hit on something that you had said, Rashida, like the pregnancy, that was definitely something that I wanted to talk about because Rashida found out that she was pregnant with Parker, like right when this happened basically it was i found out like two days like a couple days after the funeral and so she one of the nights that you came over just to like hang out with me you told me and that was so hard for me and honestly it kind of like destroyed i don't want to say destroyed but our our friendship really took went downhill for a little while because then I had such a hard time handling that. And I know. I had I had two other friends that were gosh, I'm sorry. I'm a crier, so this no. is <laughs> the way to life. Saves me. I guess. Get it out, girl. I had two other friends that were pregnant at the time, but like I already knew that they were pregnant. Mm-hmm. It was the I think it was because like I saw someone else's life yep. move forward in a way that mine was not going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I we were, like, trying to have another baby by any means, but, like, I was just, like, I don't get to do that. In that moment, I thought I was, you know, not going to get to do that again. Totally. And totally. so that was was so hard for me and so it actually made it hard for me to be around Rashida and so we actually kind of you know went through a period of time where we were not in contact that 
like we kind of not that we lost touch because we were still the same like group text with our college friends but I didn't call and text specifically her and hang out with her like I did before and then COVID hit Mm -hmm. so no one's doing anything Mm -hmm. and then she had Parker and she was going through her own struggles and so we were both like in these grief Mm -hmm. journeys Mm -hmm. and so that actually which that hit our relationship really hard yeah and obviously you can tell that we're not in that space that you know no that was one thing that was really hard for me was seeing other people's lives move on or like move forward in a way that mine couldn't at that time mm-hmm. and so I was so obsessed with like time like I just wanted mm-hmm. to tell me how long it was good I kept saying this too I kept saying I just want someone to tell me how long it will hurt this bad like if I if someone could just be like you are gonna hurt this bad for a year then okay I can I can get through that year like I I know that I can do whatever I need to get through that year like that was just I just wanted someone to tell me that yeah was it was so hard for me to see people having these big life events I also was obsessed with hearing stories of people who had lost a spouse but then found happiness again and so I you know started reading books and I got into like this um terrible things for asking podcast that podcast yeah nor McInerney and I would just skip to like the ones that had spouses um just so I could hear like where they were at now and that you know they found you know fell in love again and got married again and had a kid and all this stuff and so I just became like obsessed with that and I would listen to these podcasts over and over again and I would get so upset if they're if I turned on an episode and it was like about someone, you know, losing their job or yeah, yeah, like yeah, I was just like, this is ridiculous that yeah. like you had an episode on this, and I am not like it was just the space that I was in. That's I know, sure. I, yeah, absolutely. I have to apologize for like it makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah it makes complete sense for that. I was just so stuck on like my situation is so terrible mm-hmm. like though it is are nothing compared to what i'm going through and um so that i just you know i couldn't stop like listening to things like that yeah it i mean it, it, it makes sense meg and like the worst i once heard a quote it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you yeah. And it varies by person, obviously. Um, and it's all relative. I feel like yeah. one of the things I love about this podcast and this like focus on grief is that it it can be more than that. Like it can be more like it's all relative. Right. So like last week we talked about what it's like to grieve a, a kid's diagnosis. Um, and this week we're talking about the like life altering heart shattering loss of a spouse like I think 
the more that we have these kinds of conversations, my hope um, is that more people will understand grief and understand its feeling and be able to work through that um, in a way that's like, I guess, healthy and beneficial to society. Yeah, it'd be more empathetic. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Like, yeah. On the outside, like seeing someone, now that I have been through that really hard part and I'm like on the other side of it, I can see that, you know, everyone, everyone is going through something. Everyone is grieving something, like all the time. And mm-hmm. so when people have these losses, no, their loss is not less than mine. It's, you know, it, it does make you, I, I'm able to be empathetic now. And I hope that that's something that, you know, maybe my story can help with too. Because yeah. I definitely wasn't, you know, I was just so stuck thinking that my situation was the worst one. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I don't know how terrible. I'm not gonna Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not terrible. Like, well, it did suck. So, <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, I know. It's not been bad to me. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it's bad. Pretty bad. It makes me feel, I mean, yeah. I, I could not imagine losing my mom was the worst thing ever. And the miscarriage was the worst thing ever. And then my son's mm-hmm. diagnosis is still a struggle, but losing yeah. my spouse, my God. And right before you got on, Meg, uh, Kira and I were, I think also two things, <laughs> two thoughts literally entered my brain at once and both competed to try to get out. Yeah. Uh, it's doing <laughs> after you lost Nick, I stopped, um, saying like whenever someone would be like when Ben would be gone or like I had to watch down by myself, I would always be like, I'm single mom in it. Um, and I would like, was like that. I don't, I don't, I don't do that anymore. I usually say I'm solo parenting. <laughs> like yeah. that, that seems less like not derogatory, but just like there are moms out there doing it. Like why I'm not, I shouldn't complain for the, the 12 hours I had to be by myself when you did a whole year being like the only solo parent. So I, I tried to say, I tried to, I've tried to change my language to say I'm solo parenting. I'm changing that starting now. Yes. Um, I, it, cause it's single and it's also like, there are moms like for real single moms out here. Yeah. Right. Um, and I don't get to count myself as one of them when I have a perfectly capable partner who happens to just be like on a business trip still learning a second income for us. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like right before you uh, got on Meg, Karen and I were both complaining about our traveling husbands. <laughs> just about like, it's so hard. Yeah. And it is. Not to say that it's not, um, but it is obviously very different. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it's way different. And I also, to layer on top of that, I all like ever since experiencing the loss a loss, the losses, like I just automatically, and then I don't know, Rashid, I think you kind of go here too, and Megan, I don't know if you do, but like when you, do you guys always go to like the the immediate negative, like when, like when my husband travels or even if I'm in a car driving, like what if this is the last time that I'm alive? Oh, what happens to my family? What happens to my, my husband, my kids? Like, is that like, like, is that just me or I don't know? terrified that something will happen to me and jack like because he is through this he like obviously became like a lot of kids are mamas 
boys any like little boys are mama's boys anyways but he mm-hmm. being i was his only it was just me and him for so long mm-hmm. so i am yes terrified that something will happen to me and he will not have either of his biological parents yes i mean spoiler alert i am remarried yes (laughs) we're gonna get out yeah (laughs) he would have like who he um talks that or says is his dad and we tell him he's still a little too young but we tell him all the time like you have two daddies like you've one in heaven one on earth but yes i'm like terrified that something will happen to me gosh meg how did you have like so jack was Almost, he was eight months old, I guess. Oh, no. Nine months old. Ten. Yeah, nine, ten months old. Yeah. When when Nick passed away, you surely you're like holding him at night and you're putting him to bed or something at some point and maybe you tell him. And obviously he doesn't like really, he doesn't understand it. How, and he still doesn't understand it, but like how, how do you have that conversation? I know how I had the conversation with my two and a half year old, but that was, that's way different. Well, see, it it's different because he doesn't remember Nick at all. And so he, so we always like, I mean, we talk about Nick all the time, all the time. And we have like, there's pictures of Nick at, you know, my parents' house and um, his parents' house. And he has a picture of like him and Nick in his room. And so, like, if we point to a picture, he will say, we'll say, like, who is that? And he'll say, that's daddy. And so he he knows, like, looking at pictures of Nick, like, that his name is daddy. But I don't, I don't, I haven't had, like, a legit conversation yet because I haven't had to because he, he wasn't old enough to say, like, to, like, remember and be like, where's daddy? Yeah, right. So we really, it's actually, we're like starting to get into the difficult stage just because he now like calls Alex dad. And so we're trying to say like, you know, you have two dads and so it is a little, little difficult, but we haven't had to really have this situation of like, well, why isn't that dad here? Yeah. I was, you know, so, well, two, two things again. Always two, always two. Um, Jack also, Kara, for for you, Jack is the like spitting image of Nick. Like, oh, then Meg was Meg was totally just an incubator. Like, I went to the hospital when Jack was born, looked at him, and was like, "This is this is Nick, maybe, maybe Nick." <laughs> yeah, like, like one. I mean, it is like yeah. his legit clone. Yes. Oh my god. Like Jackson Sour is one thousand percent a sour. <laughs> that and he yeah. acts he yeah. acts just like Nick. I mean, he has like Nick's mannerisms and oh. he's not even here to like I don't know where he gets these from because he never saw you know him or to where he would remember. So mm-hmm. it it's crazy. It's it's literally like a little mini Nick running around. Which has got to be so like comforting. But also, yeah. so it's like bittersweet, sad. Yes. Now, and I'm I, sure for his, oh, for, yeah, sorry. Thankful for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For the, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. And I think another thing that like breaks my heart, um, and Ben and I talked about this a lot too. So 
when Meg was pregnant with um, Jack, very pregnant, I'm talking 38 weeks pregnant, uh, one of our friends got married out of state, <laughs> and Meg was hell-bent on still being there. Oh, I was 36. Gosh. I was 36 weeks, so yeah. it's a little earlier than that, but yes, yeah. I still went. Yes, hell-bent on still being there, hell-bent on wearing her bridesmaid's dress. Yeah. <laughs> that probably barely zipped. It barely. did barely zip. It barely zip. But but Nick and Ben got to spend a lot of time together um, as we were doing bridesmaid stuff. And and Nick was so excited to be a dad. Like, and that is like if you'd known Nick in college, that's almost shocking. Lot <laughs> lot is a cup of tea parenting. No, but okay. he he no, but he he wanted like I remember having a conversation with him like after Jack was born and he was like because at that point Dom was like I feel like I brought Dom over uh Dom might have been shoot let's see when Nick passed away Dom was not quite two but close to two um and I just remember Nick being like man I can't wait to play like for Jack to be like Dom's age (laughs) like so that I could like I can play with him and like do stuff and like he was almost oh yeah when he passed away he was yeah okay yes yeah yeah um and so like part a part of me i like and i can i was and continue to be um heartbroken that he doesn't get to see jack like yeah this jack like yeah there i love still looking at the pic like the um video of you guys bringing jack home um like all of the cute little photos he would send you while you were working nights of like him and jack and like he became such a dad Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> like, and I mean that in the like goofiest, funniest, dorky. Like he became a dad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love. Well, it. I had no choice because I worked such terrible hours, and like I worked a straight month of nights. And he like, like imagine your husband's being the parent, the lone parent for a whole month, like. Well, I yeah, it could do it, but it would be yeah, it would be do it, a struggle. It's rough, yeah. Like yeah, that. and he he did it, he did it, but because he was so, you could see it, like you could, you could, I could feel Nick's like excitement to be a dad. Like it was, it was one of my favorite things. Um, about like Nick in the later years is him being so excited to be a dad. Yeah, yeah, and it does make me sad because it. He was so he was like super excited for like this stage that we're in yep. right now with Jack because he's he's four he's like playing t ball he's like such a person and he's like yeah so fun and like that's really what he was super excited for and so you know it is it like breaks my heart that he's not here to to see that part that he was so excited about. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I bet it's hard for his, for your in-law, I guess your first set of in-laws to yeah. see Jack. They're probably just like, oh my gosh, this is little Nick. Yeah. It's like Dave. Yeah. 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 Especially. So speaking of the spoiler alert, Bangor, you are married. <laughs> you have, you have bound, um, happiness again so talk to us about meeting alex and like a lot like there's a lot here like allowing yourself to like let alex into this yeah so i 
it had not quite been a year since um nick had passed away and well i'll i'll start and by saying this like when it had been i don't know like well initially you have like such i would get such like crippling anxiety that i could not go out in public i mean i i for a long time and i remember like this was kind of you know right before covid hit like mardi girl time i like this was so maybe like february i was like oh i i finally feel like i could i could go out like into public and i went to a bar on the day of Mardi Gras, like St. Louis Mardi Gras with my friend. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out there. And we didn't go to Sular. No, no, no. Okay. I'm told you. Like, <laughs> went strong. You went straight into it. Gross. At first. She was like, you motherfucking bad bitch. She dove right on it. No, she's like a local bar, like on the day of Mardi Gras. And I was like, I'm going to go and maybe I'll kiss a boy or I'll you know like I'm gonna drink and I'm gonna have fun blah blah blah. and I got there and I was there for like 15 20 minutes and I was like I I have to leave I can't do it you do it and so and then you know COVID hits and so like no one's doing anything anyways and so um it wasn't until like it had it was like August it was the following August and I I don't know if I truly was like full blown ready. Um, but I, one of my co residents was like, you got to at least try, like, get out there. Like, we're going to make you a, a dating account. Like, I'm like, oh, what? Like, I don't know anything about these apps or anything. So she makes me a Bumble account. <laughs> and then you can't sit in your apps. I don't know. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. off these apps or the app. New tape, new Michael Techno. Yeah. And she makes me start swiping. And so actually, Alex, who is my now husband, I knew him through a mutual friend. Um, and so we knew it was one of those things where we knew of each other, but I we had never like actually interacted. And once we started dating then we realized that we actually were we did meet like face to face at we were at a wedding and i was actually pregnant with jack at that wedding we like stumbled across a picture which is so crazy it's him it's wild him and nick and then our other friend dusty all three of them like standing next to each other this picture of the three of them so but we didn't like stumble across that picture until andrew me and him were already together so i knew of him and but didn't really like know him and he comes up and i was like oh shit i te- i remember texting melanie and i was like you didn't tell me your friend alex was so attractive and <laughs> my like co-resident who had like made my profile on the app she's like oh you're swiping on him and so anyways we start talking we start dating and then um yeah here here we are now we're married and it's like how baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know it's been a year <laughs> yeah yeah so so i have to think that maybe you know you lost nick and then we're thrusted into COVID. and everyone's kind of staying home not you and not jamie because you guys still have to new girls still have to go to work 
Mm-hmm. So there's probably some sense of security also there too, knowing that you both work at hospitals and at least in the beginning, it was like, oh my gosh, if you, if you work in a hospital or if you go anywhere near a hospital, you're getting COVID. That's how, yeah. and that's how it was for my mind, but I don't know if it was like yeah. safe for you, but yeah. Um, so there had to be some comfort too, to have Jamie there to know that you could, there's somebody else that you can be around after hours who had been exposed potentially to COVID. I'm sure that there's some. No, I didn't have her at this. Oh, she didn't. Oh no, that's right. She hadn't moved in yet. Yep. She hadn't moved in yet. So it, yeah, it was just. Wait, no. Okay. Oh my gosh. He, okay. So he passed away in October of 2019. I thought she moved in in like March or something. No, she moved in. Um, I guess the beginning, the end of June, beginning of July, and oh. I do end of June is when she moved in. Yeah. Oh, Bill and I always like on my. And so Sorry. I actually we did we did a week on a week off, um, at the hospital. We like moved to that model because they like a lot of um our OBGYN like in residency a lot of it was operating actually so there was there was a lot of like the labor and delivery part but there also was a lot of operating um and so they canceled all elective cases which most OBGYN cases are elective cases like hysterectomy stuff like that so we didn't have as much work so they wanted to limit the like exposure so we did a week on a week off and so actually, you know, it was really hard during that time. Actually, the like the whole year being, you know, on my own with Jack was was very difficult. But now I'm actually like really thankful for our not I don't know, words I know. I you know. know, like it's not thankful, but you, you know come across their own way. But like I appreciate that time that I had with just me and Jack. Totally. Yeah. It, you know, it was, we like grew so much as like, our, you know, you know, I think mother son combo. It's also mm-hmm. grief is weird because you can be happy for the space that you are in without negating the person you lost. And so I think that's gotta be especially true for you at like, it is for me. Like when I think about my mom, um, God love her, but I'd lose her all over again if it got me to diamond pee. Like I and I don't mean that in a like Yeah, I don't I don't miss her. I do, but like I can't I would be hard pressed to choose any other path that didn't lead me to exactly where I am right now. And so I have to imagine you're also feeling that way. <laughs> yes. And so that is one thing that is extremely hard and truly I know I keep saying there are unique things but truly unique to losing a spouse is this that like you can get another one and I guess another situation yeah you can it's <laughs> on the spouse store on that little app and you just pick yourself up I knew Karen wasn't gonna let that one go that was so good you can't another one 
It's so true though. Yes. Yeah. And and like another situation like you if you with a child, like you can you can have another child, but the thing that is hard about losing a spouse is that you you it's not like I can like put pictures of Nick, me and Nick all over my house. You know? It's not like I can wear like Nick's old clothes and then also you can't help but feel so guilty I mean I literally to this day feel so guilty for how happy I am and the fact that like I have this beautiful life doesn't negate you know what I had with him but you can't help but I can't help but like feel so guilty for that sure. uh, i'm sure it was hard to be intimate even especially in the beginning you probably thought, yeah i can only imagine maybe you felt obviously guilt but maybe a little bit like you're cheating almost I don't yeah know. so it it did help that that alex knew my story because like we you know we had this mutual friend so he he knew my story so i didn't have to tell him everything and so he he knew going in that That's i nice. lost my husband and he knew that i you know had a toddler and so he he knew what he was like getting into like dating me and so that was one good thing but it still you know it takes a a very special person <laughs> into that situation and handle it the way that he has i mean is more than i ever could have asked for it and just goes to show you know that he was the right one for me because we and i actually my family has a couple that they are we're really good friends with and they have a similar like are they have a situation where the husband lost his first wife and then he ended up getting remarried and they both had they didn't have any children together they they both had children so they have this blended family and still kept in touch with his first wife's family and his second wife you know knows that whole family and and all of the kids like her child that you know, has none of the DNA from him or yeah, yeah, from her, no, her, yeah, yes, from her at all. Like, calls them his grandparents, and so that was like such a model situation relationship. And I really was hoping, hopeful that something like that could happen to me, and it has. Yeah. All my family. Alex's family, Nick's family, they have all been so wonderful and we all have gotten together at times. Mm-hmm. Um, like my mine and Alex's child that we have, we call Nick's parents his grandparents. Oh, uh, special. We just like you know, we just went to the soccer game work weekend and they the other two grandparents had already had a turn and so it was their turn. So you know i'm i'm in a situation right now that is is more than i ever 
ever could have dreamed of when I went through all of that. But you help feel so guilty. For sure. And I don't, whenever I talk about Nick or like get sad about Nick, like I don't want anyone to think that I'm not happy or I'm not grateful. Yeah, grateful for what I have. And I never want um, Alex to think that I don't love him because I still love Nick and always will love Nick. It's just, it's a situation that's so different from other griefs. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you just kind of have to, you know, I didn't, it's not really something that you can even like talk to people about almost. Um, and so that was, that's always been something that obviously I still struggle with somewhat because I feel like I can't be sad because I have all of this good stuff in my life now. It's the, it's that it's Rashida's favorite. It's the, at least it's like, well, at least you found somebody. Well, at least you're able to have another kid. Well, at least you had the support. Well, it's at least, and it's like, no, both things can be true. Yes, and just because I'm, like, so happy right now doesn't mean that I'm still sad and still grieving. Mm-hmm. And that that Nora McInerney that I mentioned before, she has, um, like, a, I don't know. I, I stumbled across this, like, video of her. Um, I think it was, like, a TED Talk, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it was a TED Talk. And that's, like, one of my favorite videos ever. And anyone that... um loses someone i will honest i send i send it to them and i'm like this is something that truly helped me so much but i love how she says like you know people who like have a baby or like you know like get a promotion like do all these great things in life like you don't tell them to get over that stuff like they have this baby and you're all excited for them and then five years down the road like they throw a birthday party for their kid and you don't be you're not like a fifth like another birthday party come on like get over it and yeah it's a similar kind of thing where like you're just always gonna have that and you're not it's not that you're moving on she says that a lot that she doesn't like the term moving on because you're not moving on without that person you're moving forward with them like they will always be a part of your life even you know if you're remarried or have another child and like just like you know my new baby walker like he has none of nick's dna but (laughs) he has like nick's parents as his grandparents and so like we're still moving forward with you know, with Nick in our lives. Yeah. And it's like you're out of, out of tremendous heartbreak. Walker and Jack are enclosed in so much love. Like, yeah. they're like, that's so many full sets of grandparents. I know. Who all fight over like, be the time when they can have them and so i just when i think about that like those that's amazing (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's like I said, it's more than I ever could have like dreamt of. Um, whenever I, you know, getting into this situation when the, everything happened, like I, I never would have pictured that my life is what it is right now. I'm so happy for you. I'm so, so happy. How do you, how do you think, um, as Jack gets older, you will incorporate more of Nick, not, not that you're not, but like, how will you start to have these conversations with, uh, Jack? Have you thought oh, of that? He, I mean, first, like now, things that we do now, we tell stories about him all the time. We say what he does that like, like your daddy used to do that. Um, or like, you know, you look just like your daddy, like blah, blah, blah. So we, we do some of that now. Um, I, I think it's one thing that is like very helpful is that like Nick's family is still like so much. Yes so present in our lives and so they're very good at you know keeping his his name out there and stories of him and, and they have way more you know pictures and stuff than we do of him here but um I do show him pictures like on my phone and stuff like that but I think we'll probably over I mean he's kind of now at the age where we can start having more of a conversation mm -hmm. and and it really it kind of wasn't until walker was born and i think that he started like hearing us call alex daddy uh um mm -hmm. or walker that it maybe got a little more confusing i don't because he he did always like associate alex like as his dad I think now is when he's old enough to where we will kind of start having to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to go about doing it, but I, I have always said like, you have a daddy here and a daddy in heaven. Like you have two daddies and like, we, there's no, you can't have a third place of love. Like, so like he can't, yeah. he can't be overloved. And so I think that's perfect to be, yeah. Like you, you have both, like, you know, like we're, you have, yeah, two, two dads because for all intents and purposes, you know what? It did not actually like dawn on me that this would, this would be the moment like Alex being Walker's dad and you referring to Alex now as dad. Yeah. Um, because I feel like for a long time you were very careful not to like very careful to like Alex's nickname, <laughs> Jack called him boo boo. Uh, yeah, and so like I feel like you were very careful to be like, "Yep, the business boo boo," and I'm mom. And then I didn't; it didn't even dawn on me, yeah, the murkiness now, right? Like that, yeah. that's that puts you on a whole nother grief journey too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you've done, and that yeah. really been like within the past year because it, yeah, because Alex and I got married a little over a year ago, and so that's when it kind of started a little bit um and also like when i think him starting to go to daycare did it a little bit because like 
you know, everyone at daycare, like they have a mommy and a daddy and they talk about like mommy and daddy. Oh, at yeah. The picture, daycare. bring in a picture of your family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's when we yeah. started to associate it. And so, yes, that's, that's something that, you know, stay tuned. It's still, yeah. we're still working. We'll come back around. But I, yeah. I do think that it is, I don't, the loss is a negative. The love is not. Um, yes. And so I do think you can, it doesn't have to be like, it. it is, a, it's, it's go, I know that it's going to be a hard conversation for you to have. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that it has to be as scary, I guess, is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Because like, in yeah. the end, like, Jack benefits. Right. <laughs> and he an extra set of grandparents. Yes. Two little two cousins he loves. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's more love. Exactly. Yeah. And kids have such a unique, special, amazing way of making sure to incorporate your Nick and, you know, your your mom Rashida and my mom about like anytime my daughter sees a butterfly or a feather or a penny or whatever, of course, you know, I taught her all that, but she's like, Hey, that's not hot. Or yeah, just, it's like, they have such a way of really incorporating and making their, their memory, keeping their memory, memory alive. Yes. Yeah. The kids actually make it less awkward than the adults do. I do. Like, like Dom, he, I mean, and there's been a couple times again, cause, Life is weird. There's been a couple times because I, I talk about my mom a lot. Like, obviously, my whole fucking podcast dedicated to that. Yeah. Um, but I talk about my mom a lot. And I do I do bring her up in everyday conversation so that it feels like she's always kind of a part of this. Um, yeah. And the older... So Parker has, like, my mom's personality to a T. And so that's been an interesting grief journey for me. To like see this little version of my mom walking around and like not being able to talk to her about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I also like it. The, having as as they get older and they start to have their own personalities and like their own likes and dislikes, and ha- like I I find reasons to bring my mom up when their dislikes or something match my mom's. So like Dom loves, I think I might have talked about this on here. Dom loves the fucking banana Laffy Taffies. Who the fuck loves banana Laffy Taffies? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. No one. Yeah. No one. And so like my mom was obsessed with them. Like would go out of her way to get like the long rope ones and blah blah blah. And like bagged up. Yes. And now like Dom's like rooting through candy, make see if he can get the banana Laffy Taffy. And like those moments, I am like, you know who else likes banana Laffy Taffy? And now Dom will be like, my angel grandma. What? Oh, <laughs> so I didn't have to. I don't. I don't have to. And it might be that way, Meg. Like you never have to have a full cut. Co- like I never had to like sit right. down and be like, "Okay, Dom." I think because I had been talking about her all the time, anyways. I never had to like sit down and be like, "Okay, so my wife's mom died when my right. was a kid." Like, yeah, yeah. He thinks he thinks that she's like in the sky and that you can take a rocket ship rocket to the i love yeah it. yeah and so i'm just like okay eventually he'll he'll figure it out on his own but that's not true <laughs> right right why so they don't have to make it a thing because we we talk about her all the time yeah yeah that's kind of what i was thinking would maybe be your maybe be your situation i think it's a little bit different mm-hmm. <laughs> but 
keeping they are really great about keeping the memory alive. Yeah, we do try to talk about him, you know, all the time and so that he he knows stories about him and stuff like that. Yeah. Similarities too. So what is the thing you miss most about Nick? Oh my gosh. Okay. So well I don't know if this is like the thing I miss most because but it is one thing that I don't have with Alex because my husband now Alex is a very healthy he's like an ultra marathon yeah he is yes yeah so he's very healthy and like he'll still you know he has a sweet tooth and stuff like that but like me and Nick would just like we were in college okay so we would just go out to the bars like get hammered and then we would just like pig the f out oh yeah on like oh my gosh the junk food that like the fried foods and like we would just go to town (laughs) and like i just and some nights we would just like stay in and like go to town on some health like super unhealthy yeah food and um like we used to like say you want to have fat kid night and like fat kids unite so we would just like house them so i like miss those nights um because uh-huh. i don't know i don't know if i could ever convince alex to do that with me well that one time you need to get taco bell with me late night taco bell really living it up yeah meg if you could what I guess what would you say to another mama who has just lost their spouse? Oh man. Um there's like it's what you want to say is that like it won't always hurt this bad and that it will like I because you don't want to be like you're gonna be happy again like it will happen like you'll you'll be happy again and like look at me look at you know look at my that's like, <laughs> look at me <laughs> yeah you can be uh, happy too just go to the spouse score yeah <laughs> enough for a bubble yeah uh, no After I, a... I um <laughs> Yeah, I would just want to say that, like, it's not always going to hurt this bad, that it will be like, I know you've, like, referred to this, the waves of grief, like, it's really hard initially, and then it'll, you know, slowly, little bit by little bit, it gets easier, and you still, it's, you know, it's will kind of scab over a little bit like it won't always feel so the wound won't always feel so fresh but then you know that scab could open up from time to time um and like feel fresh again and i'd also want to tell them that um you know i i do always tell people the resources that i use and initially you're probably not ready for those 
um, right at the beginning, but like I always tell them there were some books that like really, really helped me a lot. Um, it would, they kind of like were able to, there's actually the, it, Norm McInerney truly was like wonderful. Her book, <laughs> Hot Young Widows Club was absolutely outstanding. Um, really for, I mean, it was very, it was specifically about like losing a spouse, but really could apply to someone who lost, you know, for any sort of loss, but mm-hmm. So I always give people like the resources like those and then the podcasts I listen to and stuff that helped me, but tell them that initially, you know, you probably won't be ready for those and like right at the beginning, like you just kind of have to get through that, you know, like toll that the loss is going to take on you initially. Um, And then I, I do always try to like, tell people or i i say that like i've done this before no um <laughs> i wouldn't want to like tell them that you know and this wouldn't be something i tell them eventually but like later on like if you do you know find someone else again you're not moving on and just like forgetting everything that happened with your first spouse like you are moving forward with them still in your life but moving forward and you know making new um memories and and new happy moments and like it is okay another thing is i would want to tell them like once they get to you know a certain point it is okay to be happy again because you do feel so guilty and you don't want people to like look at you and be like what she got married again like it's so soon and what she's having a baby again like it's so soon and doesn't she isn't she sad that she you know lost that person tell them that you know if someone thinks that first off like they have no idea what you've been through there is no there is no manual for how to go through this and they're everyone's on their own timeline so if you know i for me like i was ready and that was all another thing that I didn't really get into about like my in-laws feeling that that was too soon and so that was actually like we like secretly dated for a while um before I told them and then that was you know that was a struggle initially too totally and but there's no you know there's no manual there's no got there's no specific timeline like everyone just has to like work through things at their own pace and Mm -hmm. and that's fine you're allowed to do that Yep. It's your life. Yes. Do it. Your life, your grief. Uh-huh. And another thing, which you guys always say, and I love this, is feel your feels. Mm-hmm. Feel your freaking feels. And I love that you say that because it's so true. And I really did try to do that. And I think it's because I had you, Rashida. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew like how things went for you that you you know things hit you like years down the road I I didn't want that and and it's still you know I may have a situation like that but I I went into it and I was like I am going to feel everything now I want to feel through this now I want to work through this right now because I want to be there for my son and be present for my son so oh yeah while it might be horrible 
right now. Like I, I want to work through it so that I can come out better. And I really, you know, I, I am a different person than I was before I lost Nick, but in a, you know, in a good way, you know, that, so something like there's been a lot of good things that have come out of this horrible thing, but I do feel like I've grown so much and like the person that I became who Alex fell in love with that is because I lost Nick and Sarah you know there's so much good that can come out of a terrible thing yeah oh my gosh Meg I tell you what thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story I'm so fucking proud of you I'm just so I'm not proud of how much I cried, but I would praise No, no, you felt your feels. Listen, we just bought you some extra good time with your kids to your spot and Alex. So yes. Girls girls showing you real life. Yeah. You feel your feels. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Meg, I like I said, I'm so fucking proud of you. Um to have watched you. Like you are, you are a different person. Um, and I do also agree with you for the better. I feel not that anything was wrong with you before, um, but I just, I paid her to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Somebody getting getting to watch you. Yeah, I know. Damn it. Getting to watch you, um, come out of this and then and come out of this isn't the right words because it's grief and we know that like right. it's a journey and you're always going to yeah. kind of be on it but but seeing you like getting to hold walker felt to me like like a, a moment of like she my girl did it like mm-hmm. my girl pulled herself from the darkest of darks and out of it we got the most delicious little barber right. yep and yeah, Alex. He's fucking cute. Oh, yes. Actually, more than that, we got Alex's uh, sisters because I really like them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I really like yes. Alex's mom. Yeah. Well, oh. literally amazing. Yes. Oh. Meg, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so out. much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I know it's so difficult to share something so personal, but boy, you're going to help so many people. Well, I like ever since you guys started this thing, I have been like, I have to get on there. I have to get on there because again, like, you know, the, the word of the podcast is unique because I've said it like a million times, but Ah. there is, you know, I just don't, this is like an area that we hadn't done yet. Hadn't done yet. And for good reason, because it doesn't, you know, doesn't happen a lot, thankfully. Um, and so I, I felt like it was, you know an area that needed to be covered and i'm glad that i could do that for you guys thank you so so much thank you yes thank you guys all right gals thanks so much for listening to the Gribby mama's club podcast when times get tough just remember you're a badass being you got this mama <laughs>